the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's freezing in Chicago, snowing in Toronto. Manhattan ain't too happening, baby. It's pouring rain in San Francisco. Ain't gonna be no white Christmas. And that's what I'm talking about. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, it's uh, the show before Christmas. I love it. Sammy Hagar, Santa's Going South for Christmas. How did I never discover this one either? I love it when all these different artists do Christmas songs. It's fantastic. We got a, um, I don't want to say amazing show because that's too much. It's a great show, okay? We got news and notes to get to. We got two guests on the program, not one, actually three uh, guests on the program. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com or on iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast and you'll find all the shows on that platform. Alexa Ready as well. We're on Radio.com or on iHeart and the Hopped Up Network. Head over to the Hopped Up Network. Uh, Mondays before 6 a.m., and you will listen to the podcast version of this show, and you can download it and listen to it whenever you feel like it. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Josh Knoll. He's the bar and restaurant writer and author uh, from the Chicago Tribune. He's going to join me. We're going to be talking about how Goose Island's BCS did on Black Friday, along with stuff around the Chicago town beer scene. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. In That happens in 20 minutes. In 10 minutes, we're going to have the Happy Hour guys. They're Broadway actors, Jimmy Ludwig and Mark Aldrich. They've teamed up with Gunhill Brewing out of the Bronx to do a new collab. It's out now, and it helps uh, folks that are out of work on Broadway. Details on that in, in just a moment. Uh, some really cool stuff going on locally, uh, and I definitely want to uh, make you abreast of that. So um, Other Half is now starting to distribute outside of their Brooklyn brewery, right? Other Half has been just exploding all over the place. People stand online overnight just to get beer from Other Half. But now they have decided uh, to make some of their offerings available in 26 states through the online real ta- uh, uh, retailer Tavor. So you go on uh, the Tavor app, you can, p- you can purchase other half beer and have it shipped to you directly. Now, this represents a, a big pivot for the brewery. They had previously relied uh, on their brick-and-mortar locations in Brooklyn and in the Finger Lakes in order to uh, you know, sell their beer. But... They decided uh, that they were going to, and they're also opening, uh, they opened the tap room in Washington, D.C. They decided, you know what, we're going to put some of our offerings on Tavor and sell them that way. So for the first time, you can get some of these beers in California, Illinois, Texas, Florida, among a lot of different states. Right now, uh, their Double Dry Hop True Green IPA, Green City IPA, 
uh, have been put up. All of them have sold out within hours. So that is just an unbelievable deal. Now, they apparently also, other half began shipping beer via UPS to customers in New York, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Um, but out-of-state shipping is a little difficult when it comes to beers. Uh, a lot of times you have to do workarounds to get it uh, through UPS and FedEx. Um, unless you're a brewery itself and you're sending uh, samples out. And even then, uh, they kind of get creative in ways um, that you're sending this stuff. So it's you know it's a little difficult. But that's cool. Other half now available on the Tavor app. I've never really used it. Um, I, I get enough beer as it is that I don't need to go out searching for all these different things. I know a lot of people have used it. They spend a lot of money on it. It is pricey, uh, and it can definitely add up. And um, i got enough bills to worry about right now. I don't need to add another one on top of the list. Uh, so I mentioned about how the Happy Hour guys are going to be joining us on the program. So uh, they and Gunhill Brewing uh, teamed up to release this Curtain Up. Uh, it, is a, um, it is a beer to benefit the Actors Fund. Um, and they're trying to get um, a, a bunch of different craft breweries to also produce this beer with the uh, proceeds going back to um, the Actors Fund. It is, uh, it is a hazy IPA. Uh, it is a recipe that is to be brewed and released by more than 30 local breweries throughout the country. Uh, cans are, are available already. It's, a, it's on tap as well at select retail locations, bars and venues across the country. Uh, that started on December 8th. For more information, all you have to do is reach out through Curtain Up Beer or info at thehappyhourguys.com to get more information on that. That's really cool. So we're going to talk to um, we're going to talk to the guys uh, Mark and uh, Jimmy coming up in uh, just a few minutes from now, and they're going to give us all the details about this beer, why, how they created it, why they started it uh, as part of their initiative of doing different things, and of course their show that they have, um, the Happy Hour Guys, which is kind of cool. Now our good friends at Firestone Walker have come out with two different mixed IPA packs that actually include beers that you can only get in these uh, mixed packs. So the Craft Through Hops IPA mixed pack cans include Comet. This is a single hop IPA featuring the Comet hop. It offers a bright floral citrus fruit character with hints of coconut. Uh, brewer Matt Brindelson says it plays well with others, but this is the first time we have let it stand on its own in a single hop brew. I'm excited to see it in a beer as the lead hop Loves the name as well, of course. I mean, come on, he picked it. Now, the mixed pack cans include three other hoppy beers. Mind Haze, uh, Hazy IPA done the Firestone way, which I actually like. That's a good beer. The West Coast IPA legend known as Union Jack, that's a great beer. And Double Jack, Firestone Walker's iconic Imperial IPA. Now, you can find out more about these beers. Just go to the Firestone Walker website or, of course, uh, give a call over to your local liquor store. See if they have it in stock. If not, they can order it and they'll get it out there. And then the other mixed pack this is in bottles. The first set was in cans. This crafted through hops mixed pack, which is in bottles, is Mandarina. It's a citrusy single hop IPA. Uh, the brew team first introduced the hop back when they were formulating the Easy Jack IPA. Um, it is a foundational piece for the Easy Jack recipe. It's found its way into a number of other Firestone Walker beers, including the Mine Haze IPA. Um, as uh, Matt Brindelson states, he says, What we like about Mandarina, as the name suggests, is the sweet, fruity, tangerine character it delivers. The mixed pack bottles also include the latest rotation of Luponic Distortion, Union Jack, and Double Jack. Again, just go over to the Firestone Walker website uh, for more details on these two different packs. Again, one is cans, the other one is bottles. Firestone Walker is just doing some great stuff with their beers um, and uh, always puts out a good thing. And, you know, I really have to... Um, 
when all of this COVID stuff is over, I, I am planning on taking another trip back to California at some point. And I want to get out there again. I, I want to get back to the San Diego area. But Firestone Walker is in such a you know interesting location uh, of California that it's it's closest. I guess the closest would be San Francisco, um, but it's still a bit of a haul to get there. It's kind of in a no man's land in California, but I definitely want to get there uh, and check it out. And I don't want to go to one of the satellite tap rooms. I want to go where they they're actually making the stuff and shipping it out. So. A dream of mine. Who knows? And when we come back after a short break, the happy hour guys, Broadway actors Jimmy Ludwig and Mark Aldrich, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, that's not Rob Halford, although he does have a Christmas album. That is Tim the Ripper Owens, who replaced Rob Halford and Judas Priest uh, back in the 90s. And that is uh, Santa Claus is Back in Town. It's one of these metal Christmas albums that every couple of years, it seems like metal guys come out with these different Christmas albums. And I love it. I just love the fact that all these different artists can do traditional Christmas songs. It's really cool. And and the different versions of it is awesome. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on Radio.com, iHeart. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. You head over there on Monday mornings before 6 a.m. and you can download and listen to the podcast version of this show whenever you feel like it. Now, my next guests, they're Broadway actors. They also do a podcast on beer called The Happy Hour, guys. They've got a new beer out. It's called Curtain Up. It's in collaboration with Gun Hill Brewing from the Bronx. And this is to help so many Broadway actors that are struggling right now since Broadway has been shut down uh, since March. And really, until deep into next year, it's going to be shut down. For more info, just go to thehappyhourguys.com. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, the Happy Hour Guys, Broadway actors Jimmy Ludwig and Mark Aldrich. Jimmy, thank Mark, you, how are you guys? No, we're great. Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely. Doing well, thank you. For the two of you, and of course your many friends on Broadway, how difficult has it been surviving during this pandemic? I, I feel like if, so this is Jimmy, I feel like if, if we hear the word unprecedented one more time, <laughs> we're all going to just puke. You know, I mean, it just, there's there's never been anything like it. Uh, you know, uh, there's never been a shutdown on Broadway that's gone this long, not even close. Uh, and it's and there's no end in sight. And you're not just talking about the actors here. You're talking about everybody who's associated with it. Musicians, mm-hmm. stagehands, ushers, talent agents, casting agents. And then there's everybody who's associated with the actual performance, right? All the restaurants that people go to, you know, all, all those people are gone. And I, I'm going to blow your mind right now, Al. You ready? Yeah. Um, the, in, in, in 2018, 2019, Broadway brought in, in revenue to New York City, almost 15 billion dollars and employed nearly a hundred thousand people directly employed nearly a hundred thousand people that and by the way that 15 billion dollars is more than all of the sport the professional sports teams in the new york city area combined Mm -hmm. that's right that's right and it's uh, a problem it's a major problem i don't think enough has been done uh to address it uh, from a governmental standpoint of how to help not only you guys, restaurants, 
bars, uh, other places, places that can't you know open at full capacity or even open at all, and the 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 struggles, especially um, especially guys like you you mentioned the stagehands and all these other people. These are ancillary people that people may feel that. Well, their job is really not that important, but it is. It's it's important to the Broadway act or to the musical act. Now they can't even bring home a paycheck to support their family. That is a bad thing. So you guys created this beer uh, with Gun Hill Brewing. Sales from the beer are going to help actors that are struggling right now. How does the money get distributed to them? Is it through a grant from the proceeds? Do they have to fill out a form? How is this going to happen? It's, uh, it's actually pretty simple. Uh, most of the... The central charity that we're that we're giving to is called the Actors Fund, right. which is a bit of a misnomer because it, it actually helps everybody in the live entertainment industry, mm-hmm. uh, not just actors. It, it helps everyone that we just talked about: the stagehands, the musicians, the the ushers, the talent managers, everybody. Um, and there's there's even a, a, a tab on our website where you can go directly to their website and donate directly. Oh, that's, that's the great. most that's the simplest way to do it. Right. However, the beer that that we're making. Um, not it right now we're at 36 breweries in nine different states. So it's not just a New York centric, uh, effort. Mm. It's, it's arts organizations throughout the country because everybody is hurting, uh, you know, theaters, actors, musicians all across the country. Everybody's lost their jobs. Right. Um, so what we're doing is, is we are making sure that the actors fund, which is a, a national organization, gets the funds to, to distribute to everyone everywhere. But then we're hoping that local, uh, local breweries regionally, an arts organization in their hometown, and pair up with them and help them to get through this pandemic as well. Because, honestly, uh, the arts keep these communities, you know, employed and floating everywhere. Right. And, um, and we're trying to make sure that as many of them as possible get through it to the other side. Because right now we don't really know what the other side is exactly yeah and al the the thing with the actors fund that's amazing is that they're the kind of a, a charity that if you reach out to them they just give direct assistance so you know we've had friends who have reached out to the actors fund and said hey my rent is due in four days i'm going to default if i don't if i don't get this amount of money mm. and two days later the money is there that's awesome. that kind of an it's that kind of an organization. Yeah, it's not like a you know you got to wait four months for an unemployment check to come through and then oh I'm sorry uh, you left a digit off we uh, you got to go through the whole process again. We're talking with the happy hour guys, uh, actors Jimmy Ludwig and Mark Aldrich. They have a new beer out called Curtain Up. It's in collaboration with Gun Hill Brewing from the Bronx, and it's to help not only Broadway actors but obviously people that are involved in Broadway and music all over the place. Uh, Broadway b- basically is going to be shut down until the middle of next year, maybe even further beyond that. For more information on all of it, just go to thehappyhourguys.com. There's a link there. It'll take you right to the Actors Fund. You can donate directly right there. Even if you don't want to get the beer and you want to donate, you can donate right from there, and that is awesome. Uh, guys, what style of beer is Curtain Up? Uh-huh. Uh, it is yeah. a, uh, it's a, a hazy IPA. Uh, some people will call it a New England IPA. It right. comes in at around... Six and a half percent ABV, which means you can have more than one and still remember the rest of your night. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're encouraging breweries around the country to do, and Gun Hill as well, right. is to take the recipe and put their own spin on it. So we've seen uh, a version already that's at six percent, and uh, and there's another version coming out next week, and we'll we'll see what what happens there. But it's it's one of the most popular styles of beer at the moment, which mm-hmm. was. Uh, kind of the thinking behind it we wanted it to be a beer that was accessible that as many people as possible would want to try and enjoy 
and that would be easy for breweries to make and inexpensive for them to make um, so that uh, so that they're encouraged to, to jump in and get involved. Right. And you guys have been doing uh, collab beers with lots of different breweries. Now, this is the sixth in the series. How has it been working with Gunhill the, uh, the last couple of times? Gunhill's the best. Um, they truly are. I, I, I live in the Bronx as well, so, you know, it's my local. They're just over the hill from me. Right. But Dave Lopez uh, and Kieran, the two, the two co-managing partners slash owners, um, they're just amazing. And, you know, they, they've... They crank a lot of beer out of uh, out of a facility that is just constantly in motion, and they're constantly putting out new beers. And they they love to innovate. They've, they've got another beer right now because you know they're right in the middle of the Bronx. They've got a a, a coquito inspired beer, so like the the Puerto Rican holiday you know drink. They put out a beer to sort of get into that space. And it, geez, I had it the other day. It was one of the most amazing things I've, I've tasted in the last couple of months, including Curtain Up. And Curtain Up is is fantastic. That's, um, that's We're very cool. super excited about, about what other breweries are going to do with this beer. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The Black is Beautiful beer that came out, um, you know, in support of Black Lives Matter, what I loved about that was that some breweries did take a little bit of license and kind of put their own twist on it. A lot of people just... You know, we'll make the beer and we'll make a stout and that's it and put it out there. But like Heavy Seas did a vanilla chai version of it, which I thought was kind of cool and kind of uh, Stone, mm-hmm. I think, did a version where there was a little bit more cinnamon in the beer. So I like the fact that there are people, you know, kind of tweaking the formula. And if they're tweaking the formula on Curtain Up, that's really cool, too. Now, guys, last question for me, and we're talking about the happy hour, guys. Uh, actors Jimmy Ludwig and Mark Aldrich, they're doing this new beer called Curtain Up. It's to help, uh, you know, folks all in the entertainment industry. Uh, for the Actors Fund, you can just go over to the happyhourguys.com for more information. So we're in this second half of the pandemic here. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. The vaccine is getting out there. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking late spring, next summer, before things really start to get back to normal. Um, Jimmy, I'll ask you first and then Mark second. What's your take on this? You think by the summer we're going to be sort of getting back to normal? Um, I, uh, God, I hope so. I mean... I think it's going to be much more back to normal uh, in different places of the country where the virus is sort of at a lower level right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of theater work, I think I think we're going to see the regional houses come back up sooner than Broadway, just because Broadway functions on a model where you know they pack them in. There's right. not a lot of room seat to seat, you know. Right. Um, and those those shows, in order to continue running, they got to run at ninety, ninety five, ninety seven percent. Right. So that means packing them in there and i i hope by next fall people are going to be comfortable enough and vaccinated enough to be okay with walking into a theater and sitting elbow to elbow with somebody who may not be wearing a mask you know uh, 2021 it's going to be an interesting year there's a lot of hope out there but one of the reasons this project is so important is that i think the whiplash effect of all of the nothing we're going through now it's going to take a while to work out so People need support, and these the live performance industry needs support big time, big time. And Mark, I got about forty five seconds. Your your take on uh, what's going to happen for next year? Well, um, I was on a national tour when everything shut down, so I was actually in Columbus, Ohio, out in the, the heartland. Ooh. And um, and and we've been told at this point not to expect to come back anytime before August. Wow! Um, and that is that is the best case scenario for mm-hmm. us. Uh, so I would say, um, yes, it's going well, to be quite some time. Get... I think they're going to, I think it's going to be one of the last sectors that come back, uh, for, for all of the obvious reasons. 
and uh, and that's one of the reasons why the need is is so severe in the industry. I mean, the the, the live the live concert industry lost thirty billion dollars mm-hmm. uh, since the pandemic be- began, and that's that you know that's just another uh, another corner of this industry that we're talking about. But for me personally, I don't expect to get back to work until next fall, and that's if everything goes pretty perfectly. Right. I think that's right. I think that's right. My guests have been the Happy Hour guys, uh, Jimmy Ludwig and Mark Aldrich. they got a new beer out. It's called Curtain Up. It's in collaboration with Gunhill Brewing. You can get it at, at stores uh, all over the New York area. It's in bars, and wherever you see it, do yourself a favor. Pick it up. You're helping to put money in people's pockets that absolutely need it. Thehappyhourguys.com is the website for more information. Guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and yours. And if there's anything I can do to help out, just let me know, okay? Thank, thank you, you so Al. You've been Happy great. Holidays. Thank you, too. Thank you. You got it. <laughs> Up next, my interview with Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, you know, for as much of a heavy metal fan as I am, I can't believe that I still don't have this CD. I know, kids. For those of you who don't know about, you know, because uh, you'll stream on Spotify and whatever it is, Pandora and this and that. They had this thing called CDs, and before that, they had records too. It's that thing you put on and you put a needle on and it spins around and stuff. But I can't believe that they they did a metal album, and we've played portions of the metal stuff before. And Rob Halford last year came out with a uh, uh, his own Christmas version kind of metal album with his friends. It's just amazing. I love when other artists do classic Christmas songs, and it's not their genre. I think it's kind of cool. Hey, we're back here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. It's the final live show of the year. We got two best ofs coming up uh, the next couple of weeks. We'll get into details of that um, a little bit later on in the program. But my next guest, he covers the beer and restaurant scene for the Chicago Tribune. He's also an author of an amazing book called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. It's all about Goose Island beer. If you want to hit the Chicago Tribune uh, website for his articles, of course, you can order his book on Amazon or follow him on Twitter at Hopnotes. Let me welcome back to the show Josh Knoll. Josh, how are you? I'm great. Always good to chat with you, Al. Thanks for having me. You got it, Josh. Great to have you back. Goose Island did their Black Friday release. Uh, we talked about it a couple of months ago. They had to do it a little bit differently this year um, because of COVID. How much of a success was it from a local Chicago standpoint? Uh, you know, the, the answer to that is anecdotal, so let me start with that asterisk. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a mixed bag. Um, Goose Island has, I mean, Bourbon County Stout and, and it's the variants are are still icons of the craft beer world right. and literally world. I walked into a bar once in Sweden and saw Bourbon County stout on the menu. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, this is the original barrel age stout, something that breweries do all over the place. Um, and Goose Island gets credit for, for launching it back in the nineties, but there's all so many breweries doing it now and so many doing it really well. Mm. And uh, so there's a lot more competition for Goose Island. And some of the, some of the beers are, 
seem to be getting sort of a tepid reception. Some are getting a pretty fevered reception. Uh, so it's you know a mixed bag. It's a, but it's a really competitive marketplace out there these days. You know, and I find it funny you, you bring that up. So many people have an opinion about Bourbon County Stout one way or the other. So people are huge fans of it still, even though they they sold to AB InBev, and then there are others. Ah, oh, no, you know they're a big beer. I can't ever drink them again. Uh, and yet, so many people post to social media that they got this variant or that one, and you know, and then you know the memes come out and all this other stuff. And I had a taste of this year's version at my local watering hole recently, and I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was very good, but I ended up opting uh, for a local version of a Bourbon County Stout uh, that the guys from Bolero Snort do. That they uh, their facility is uh, in Carlstadt, right over by uh, MetLife Stadium, and they do a great job with theirs. So. Your your take, I know, I'm, I'm sure that you've sampled this year's version. What is your take of this year's version, and why do you think people still react so strongly about Bourbon County Stout? Uh, so this year there were, I think, seven of them. Right. Um, I, th- I thought it was actually a strong year. I think Goose Island has had sort of the hype has out, uh, out, uh, outstripped the the quality in some recent years, there's, there's always some good ones, but then there's a few that I think are just not very well made, just even objective. It's not just that I don't like them. It's just, I think even just objectively speaking, I think they're not very well made. Uh, but this year across the board, it was a good year. I thought they were all well made. Uh, some of them I don't ever really need to have again because they, they weren't something I necessarily wanted to drink. Right. Uh, but I would say that they were well done. So I thought Goose had a pretty good year. And then they did this interesting thing where they, they planted three versions of bourbon county stout only in the chicago market that were aged only in a single distillery's barrels so bourbon county stout the original uh just barrel aged stout no additional ingredients has sort of had less and less interest in recent years because people want what's new 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 uh so to help fix that they they just very quietly uh planted in the market this a version of Bourbon County Stout aged in Heaven Hill barrels, a version aged in Wild Turkey barrels, and then a version aged in uh, Buffalo Trace barrels. And sort of the genius about it, and Goose is just a great, great marketing brewery uh, as much as anything, uh, is they they didn't say anything about it to the consumer or to the media or anything. They just let people sort of stumble upon it. And, of course, the uh, the beer nerds went crazy once they realized that this was planted in the market and they all had to rush out and get them and try them and compare them and have them on their, you know, for their collection and that kind of thing. So it was a pretty brilliant move by Goose. Um, that was definitely one of the successes of this year for them. Because uh, at this point, it, it, you know, it's sort of a two-pronged battle. One is to make a great, memorable beer, but then the other is to get people excited about it again, just because there's so much competition and there's so much quality. And tip of the cap to you for drinking local. I, I think everyone should I mean, drink what you want, but also, you know, support your local businesses and uh, and taste their barrel. You know, then that's the thing. I mean, I've tried to buy as much local as I possibly can, especially during the pandemic. Not that I don't care for the local beers in New Jersey, but uh, I, I do. But it's even more important now to keep these guys, uh, you know, up and running. We're talking with Josh Knoll. He's the beer and restaurant, uh, covers the beer and restaurant scene for the Chicago Tribune. He's also the author of a fantastic book called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. It's all about Goose Island beer. Uh, Chicago Tribune website for his articles. You can order the book on Amazon. Follow him on Twitter at Hopnotes. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. So since we last spoke, Josh, the second wave of coronavirus is upon us. Restrictions in a lot of places are going back into place. How have the Chicago breweries fared since the pandemic started to now, in your opinion? 
it's been a slog. A lot of them are struggling. A lot of them are down a lot. That's obviously, uh, you know, the story pretty much everywhere. Right. I mean, we're hearing about businesses down 80, 90 percent as much as. But then there's some that I've talked to that say, you know, that are sort of better positioned for it. And they're like, man, we're down like 30, 40 percent, but we're fundamentally okay. Uh, that said, I also have a story that's uh, like posting online probably in about one minute. Mm-hmm. Um about a brewery in Chicago, in suburban Chicago called Blue Nose Brewery, which is which just announced yesterday that they're they're closing right. uh, due to the economic fallout of the pandemic. They're a small brewery. I mean, I, like not only have you never heard of them, but like I'd barely ever heard of them, right? Because they're they're sort of in a, a far southwestern suburb that I don't really get to, and I'd never had their beer or anything. But still, it's you know, it's just, I talked to the owner. And this, you know, nine-year-old small business. He's got two daughters. He's trying to raise them on as a brewer, and and this is, he lost his his dream. But he's, you know, he's not bitter about it. He's he's disappointed, of course, but he's like, I I get it. We're in this unprecedented health crisis, and he's going to try to retool and start something new. But all in all, there there hasn't really been sort of the, you know, there there was this fear of just absolute uh, destruction of the industry. Uh, at one point, there was word that as much as forty percent of the industry could fold, and we just really haven't seen anything no, like that at all. That's true, and I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. You know, because obviously we're still at least a good six to seven months away before we really uh, start to get back to normal. Now, you have a story in the Chicago Tribune as well that was posted back in early December about Metropolitan Brewing in their fight to stop their landlord from evicting them. They have this beautiful space overlooking the Chicago River. What happened there? Yeah, that was interesting, and it's sort of a, a a cautionary tale, I think, for probably, you know, eight thousand of the eighty two hundred breweries operating in the U.S. Right. Is uh, you know these these people get into into beer because they love beer usually, and the business is something that they're learning on the fly. The beer is probably the thing they're really good at, and and the business side of it is like I said, something they're 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 figuring out in real time. And it's an interesting case with Metropolitan. They're a wonderful brewery, uh, very popular in Chicago. Um, they do mostly lagers, uh, and they do them exceptionally well. Uh, but they, they, they were struggling financially and for a couple of years and couldn't figure out why and went enlisted the help of uh, bankers and uh, an accountant uh, to try to figure out where they were falling short and realized they were paying more for rent than they had budgeted for. For two years, they didn't realize this. And they looked at the lease and saw they were being charged for more square footage than they realized. Uh, the lease said 33,000 square feet, which is a large brewery. Uh, and they had uh, thought they were paying on 24,000 square feet. Because that's what the initial drafts of the lease said, and that's how the space... Uh, and it, it was advertised, and it took them all this time to figure it out. And it's you know kind of a head scratcher, uh, but that's what they say happened. And now they're the landlord is trying to evict them because they fell behind on rent. They mm-hmm. stopped paying once they realized that discrepancy, uh, and then the and now the landlord's trying to evict them while Metropolitan obviously has all that equipment in there and wants to try to work something out while also. As they say, uh, while being charged for what they consider to be the accurate amount of uh, rent, so it, it's you know it just underscores. And they signed the lease without their lawyer present. Um, oh, you know, big yeah, mistake. it's just 
and that's where I get back to the the sort of the business end of it is you you know you got to cross those T's and dot those I's and it's a business first obviously uh, without great beard the business probably won't work but it it is a business first and they're they're chagrined that they they did sign that lease without having their lawyer look over it one more time and now they're uh, you know sort of suffering the consequences and trying to to work through it and figure it out Josh I got to tell you I just I just bought a new house in the town that I've been living in for a, for a long time now and. Uh, uh, the, you know that we sold our other house, and I at the closing, I had said to my lawyer, I said, you know, this guy, the the person who was buying my house, it was a builder. He needed to pay a certain amount of money for oil that was in the tank in the ground, and uh, they kept arguing with me back and forth about how it wasn't in there. And I went right to the contract and said, nope, number twenty, here it is. He signed it, and you know, I got my money. But you have to be diligent about those things, and unfortunately, uh, when you sign it, even even when you have a lawyer, sometimes the lawyers aren't really paying attention. To the minutia of the contract. That's why it's really, you know, it's important uh, to do those to really double and triple and quadruple check because, boy, that's a that's a big disparity in terms of square footage uh, of what they're paying rent on. Wow, that is just that's unbelievable. We're talking with Josh Knoll. He's the beer and restaurant scene guy for the Chicago Tribune. He's also the author of an amazing book. It's called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. It's all about Goose Island beer. Chicago Tribune, uh, the website for his articles. You can order the book on Amazon. Follow him on Twitter, at Hopnotes, here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Last question from me, Josh. How do you think the beer landscape, and by extension, the bars and restaurant industry is going to look, say, summer of next year? It's going to be uh, a lot less, maybe, you know, kind of in the middle, or are we just going to kind of, you know, maybe there's this flattening out where we see businesses kind of hang on and survive? Yeah, that's a great question. Um I mean, I, I, in some ways, I, I tend to be an optimist, and, and I think that a lot of places are going to figure out a way to survive. I don't, I don't think it's. I, th- I, I think it'll be a tough winter. It's going to be a tough winter here in Chicago. Um, you know, probably uh, where you are. Uh, you know, probably in, in Arizona and San Diego and Florida, they got a lot more options in terms of dealing with winter, quote unquote, winter weather. But right. in Chicago, it's going to be tough. To, you know, Minneapolis, it's going to be tough, yep. and so forth. Um, you know, I think there will continue to be fallout for sure. I mean, we are going through something unprecedented, and and it continues to be unprecedented. And that now with the pandemic in the middle of winter, uh, yeah, there's going to be more casualties, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I I think things will uh, uh, largely I largely remain okay. You know, I think a lot of small businesses are going to survive. Um, it's sort of an all hands on deck situation involving, you know, landlords and governments and, uh, customers being responsible and supportive and things like that. Right. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be massive destruction of the industry, but yeah, will there be a significant dent? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I really think that this is where government kind of needs to step in, whether it's on the state level, the federal level, city level, whatever it is, uh, especially here in the, in the, in the tri-state area in New York and New Jersey, you're talking about, okay, you're only allowing 25% capacity into the restaurants in New Jersey, but they have to pay 100% of the tax, and yet they're not making 100% of their profits. So at some point, government, I would think, would have to step in here and say, look, we're going to give you a bailout, we're going to help you out to keep these businesses thriving, because it's all a trickle-down effect. If the restaurant owner uh, can't pay his rent, the, the, the guy who owns the building can't pay his mortgage, all of it is going to be affected from a national standpoint, so you would think that the federal government at some point would step in and say, all right, we're going to pass a relief plan for the restaurant industry and help these people out and kind of, you know, spread the wealth around. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree 100. percent I mean, the, the government in a lot of cases has obviously failed to lead, uh, and some local governments have been stronger than others. And uh, yeah, I mean, these, these businesses aren't going to do it on their own. No. Uh, and the fact that we're still talking about this nine, ten months later is uh, yeah is, is mind blowing. But uh, that that's going to be key to uh, to these small businesses. Surviving that totally, totally. My guest has been Josh Knoll. He's the beer. He covers the beer and restaurant scene for for the Chicago Tribune. He's also an author of a fantastic book. Makes a great Christmas present, by the way. Barrel aged stout and selling out. It's all about Goose Island beer. Chicago Tribune website for his articles. You can order the book on Amazon, and of course, follow him on Twitter at Hopnotes. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on the program. Happy holidays, happy New Year to you, my friend. Looking forward to talking with you in the new year. Thanks for having me, Al. Always a, always a pleasure, and have a great 2021, my friend. You got it. Up next, it's time for the final Suds and Duds for 2020 on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Yeah, little Jeff Tate doing silver bells there, a little heavy metal Christmas. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, Suds and Duds, the final segment of the program. And it's the final segment, or the final Suds and Duds, for the year 2020. That's pretty cool. We are, we have bang, we're, gonna, we're going on to the fifth year of this program coming up in February. That's unbelievable. I can't believe that I've been doing this this long. I can't believe they've allowed me to do this for this long. But listen, real quick before I get into the beers, I want to thank you, the listeners. I want to thank the sponsors, uh, especially Michaels of Brooklyn, uh, the, the boys at Source. Uh, thank you for uh, believing in this show and putting money into this show. And we're going to be doing some stuff with Source uh, come next year. I guarantee you that. Uh, thanks to all the different advertisers that have jumped on the program uh, could not have done it without you, and uh, and appreciate all of you. And, of course, the listeners would love your feedback. Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Uh The Facebook page, of course. Uh, and, it, by the way, if you do listen to the program, you try to friend me personally on Facebook, most of the time I'm going to say no um, because that's my private page with my friends, the people that I've known for a very long time. Uh, you want to get in touch with me, uh, the best way to do it is through Twitter, at Al Gattulo, or send me an email at albertgnnycradio.com. Let's dive into Suds and Duds. And first up, Heavy C sent me their version of Black is Beautiful, um, which is this stout that uh, all these different breweries are doing to help Black Lives Matter. Um, theirs was a vanilla chai version. Oh, my goodness. It was delicious. I still have a can left, and I have to share it with my wife because I know she's into that. It was fantastic, and I love the twist on it. I love that it was like a vanilla chai tea. It tasted great. It was smooth, a little boozy, but really good. Loved it. Uh, Morning meeting by Untied Brewing. Nicely done porter, good coffee flavor, uh, good stuff from the guys at Untied. They are doing a great job. I may have reviewed those two last week, but you know what? If I did, sorry, here they are again. Uh, Uncharted Waters, peach, mango, and guava. This is from Jersey Cyclone. Peach, mango, big time on this one. Fantastic beer, a really good sour. Jersey Cyclone has impressed me uh, lately uh, with a bunch of different things that they have done. Another brewery that has impressed me 
uh, from a local standpoint is Magnify. Cashmere sweater from Magnify. This is a slam and triple. Nice and smooth. Shocking for the amount of alcohol that's in it. Um, it went down really, really nice. I was pleasantly surprised at this one. Uh, this was great. And then um, I had, uh, what did I have here? Oh, Sources uh, beer uh, that came out a couple weeks ago, part of their music series, Thought Control, uh, based on Pink Floyd. First off, just on the can alone, the artwork, I-, I wanted to buy it. But the beer does not disappoint. Nice and juicy, clean, really good. I felt like while I was drinking this, I should have been listening to Pink Floyd instead. I think we were watching Jingle All the Way, I think. Don't remember. Anyway, that's a decent Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's not his best. Let's put it that way. Uh, as we continue on here, final suds and duds for the year 2020 here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer the next two weeks are going to be best of shows. We're replaying the source uh, live broadcast that we did from back in August. Uh, we're playing that in its entirety. And then the following week, we're going to have three different interviews uh, from Ross Brewing, Wall and Pack Brewing Company, and Timber Rails. We're going to run those. There'll be uh, some new news in there, but the interviews will all have been taped from back in August and September. Uh, alternate Ending Beer, which just opened up a couple of months ago. Uh, their What If IPA, a nice beer, decent hop. This is really good. They did a movie night with Die Hard a couple of days ago. Sold out immediately. Nice package. I still have to get over there to eat. And since I'm going to have a couple of weeks off, I'm going to do my best to try and get over there before the possibility that they may shut down indoor dining uh, in New Jersey. I hope that they don't. Had a chance to uh, stop over at Wet Ticket and see my good buddy Tim Pewitt. Uh, had his, uh, as always, his delicious pecan porter, which is a really good porter. Uh, n- nice pecan nutty notes. But he did his Imperial Oatmeal Stout in cans now, which is fantastic. But then he did a test ticket with the oatmeal stout and added toasted coconut to it. Tim, I'm telling you, can that. That's a great beer. That's a great beer, different take on a stout. It's perfect. You can do it in a, in a short period of time. Get it out there while it's still cold. That is delicious. Uh, the Single Silo Series from Source, Ultra Brew 1. This was fantastic. Hit all the right notes. Tropical pineapple, real nice kind of deep haze to this. Uh, love the can art as well, and I'm a sucker uh, for beers with pineapple in it. This was really, really good. Uh, the good folks from Trogues, as we continue on here in our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, on AM 970, the answer. Good friends from Trogues sent over Haze Charmer. This is light and nice. I've had it before. It's a nice dry hop, hazy pale ale. Uh, low on the alcohol, which is good. A nice way to start off the evening if you're looking to take it a little bit slow. Uh, Brick City's Late Night Jammin'. This is a strawberry pie a la mode. Nice sour on this. Uh, lots of strawberry and vanilla in this. This was really, really tasty. Uh, my wife had a sip of it. She enjoyed it. Um, it's just a just a really enjoyable beer uh, from Bricks. Who's next? Which is their single hop double IPA Citra uh, by Alternate Ending. Uh, the flavor on this one is really good. The Citra really shines in this. Uh, it is smooth. I like that. I like that breweries are doing this uh, spotlighting of sing of the, the a single particular hop. Right. I, I'm not saying Source started it, but it seems like Source focused on it a lot more from a local standpoint. I'm not talking about nationwide. But uh, I love the fact that breweries are now jumping onto this, that they're taking a hop and they're kind of focusing on that and, and, and sticking to it. I love that because it really brings out different flavors and things uh, that you want to see out of a beer. So that I really enjoy. And uh, listen, uh, the folks from Alternate Ending have done a very good job so far with their beers. I think so far out of the couple of beers that I've had, I think I've had... I want to say I've had four beers from them, five beers from them. I think out of the, I think it's four. Out of the four that I've had, 
Um, I've really enjoyed three. I think one was kind of off. That was the I think the first release uh, that I had. I thought that beer was a, uh, off is a, a, a poor term. It doesn't really describe. It just didn't. Um, I don't remember what I said about it. It wasn't like the best beer. And and again, when a brewery is canning beer for the first time, they're putting it right out of the box. There's going to be some issues, but they have gotten better and better with each new release. So that shows you that they're learning from their craft, they're tweaking things, they're doing what they need to do uh, and get things a certain way. So uh, that's really good. I love the fact that their 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 cans are movie-themed, like the Who's Next is, is based off of uh, John Wick. I, I just enjoy that. I think that's a lot of fun. It's, it's having fun with beer at the same time, trying to make a profit. And you know what? Before we, we finish out the show... Um, oh yeah, and the last beer that I had in the in the set uh, was I had a, I still had a can of Perfect Storm from Treehouse. It's a great beer, a great brewery. I've not had a bad beer from these guys. Uh, they just do a really fantastic job, Treehouse, and I love them uh, a lot. But before we we finish off the show, I just wanted to make mention. You know, this is the last live show of the year. Uh, you know, we'll be back in 2021, but you know, we're still in the midst of this pandemic. We still got a lot of problems, um, but the biggest problem that we have is the restaurants in and around the New York and New Jersey area, right? Restaurants, bars, breweries, all these places. You've got to support them. If they're open for takeout right now, and I'm speaking of New York specifically, if they're open for takeout uh, or, you know, you know, pickup, delivery, whatever it is, buy from them, right? Don't order from a third-party app. Call the restaurant directly, order your food, go pick it up. It's important that you do that because you're putting the money, 100% of it, in their pocket. If you use a, a third-party app, you're taking money away from them. They're already getting money taken away from them because they can't open up inside in New York. In New Jersey, it's a little different. They have 25% capacity. I get it. That may be shut down again. Who knows? If we have another surge here in the next couple of weeks, it could happen. Support these businesses. Small business is the lifeblood of America. And let me tell you something. There isn't one politician, or I shouldn't say that, the majority of politicians, there are some that care, but the majority of them don't care about these small businesses. They don't. It's lip service. They sit here and they say they do and they care and blah, blah, blah. 95% of them don't. There are good people out there that support small businesses. Nicole Maliotakis supports small businesses. Uh, Joe Borelli, the councilman, supports small businesses from New York. Um, you, you've got people in New Jersey. Uh, um, you know, Robert Auth supports small businesses. Uh, Vin Gopal, State Senator Vin Gopal, is a champion for small businesses. I don't care which side of the political side fence you sit on, whether it's Democrat or Republican, and Vin Gopal happens to be a Democrat, but that man cares about small businesses. He cares about the small businesses in New Jersey because he knows, because these people know they've worked in a small business, they've owned a small business. It's important to support these small businesses. Without them, we're going to be in big trouble. My thanks to everyone involved in the show. My guests, Josh Knoll from uh, the Chicago Tribune, the Happy Hour guys, Jimmy Ludwig and Mark Aldrich. Of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I will be back live on January 4th on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. There's going to be two best of shows next week and the week after. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Have a fantastic time. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Practice good social distancing. We will get through this. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody.